Welcome to the Auto Amateur Podcast. This is James. I'm really excited about this episode. I've got one of my new favorite YouTubers joining me for a chat. His name is Andy, and his channel is called The Last Rasp. He has an Instagram by the same name. He drives a Porsche 964 in beautiful condition, which a lot of his videos are about. He also daily drives a 991. Seems like a really nice guy. His content is awesome. So I invited him on for a chat. Let's get him online. All right, so hey guys, I've got Andy on the line from uh, the YouTube channel, The Last Rasp, and uh, the Instagram of the same name. Andy, I've been really looking forward to this. Finally, we've managed to connect live. Yeah, good, good, good to be with you, James. Um, yeah, it's 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 been a journey trying to make it happen between the two of us. You in you're in Minnesota, I think, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and me here in Melbourne, neighbors' country. Oh, mate. Right. So let's let's just start there because there are so many English people I know that grew up watching Australian soap operas and we love Aussies and and maybe not when you were playing cricket or rugby because you guys generally throw us around <laughs> but um we've got this we've just got this sort of kinship between the Brits and Australians and, and living in London for a while I knew dozens and dozens of Australians who came and lived in Shepherd's Bush and West London and all of that. So yep. I, I always, I've always got a soft spot for Australians. But when I when I came across your channel, I uh, I immediately liked the intro. I liked the logo. I looked at your car and thought, wow. And then I heard your accent and I was like, wow, this is it. This is like the trifecta. It looks good. It's got a good car and there's an Australian kicking around making good content. I'm in. Sign me up. <laughs> Well, that's uh, that's it. That's it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I never thought of it as the trifecta, but I, I thought the Aussie thing would be the one thing perhaps um, holding me back. So this, is, <laughs> this is good news. <laughs> no, not at all. In fact, one of my closest all-time best friends now lives in Sydney. I grew up with him in Liverpool. And uh, when I speak to him, right. he's like, he's picked up a little bit of the Australian accent and I rip him for it all the time. But then he says that I sound a little bit like a yank. So, you know, I guess that's just fair. But he hasn't picked up any of the comedy Australian slang that he and I would like watch as, as you know, kids and teenagers watching Neighbours in Home and Away. Right. Like, let, let's play a quick game. Okay. Tell me, true or false, <laughs> have you ever said any of these words? All right. First off. Drongo. Of course. You said Drongo. <laughs> yeah. Like, use that in a sentence. Yeah, now, 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 don't get me wrong. I don't quite say it with an Alf Stewart-style accent. But yeah, <laughs> word, I would have said the word Drongo at some point or another. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. That's one. Um, fair dinkum. Ah, uh, yeah, but only... Saying fair income is a little bit like drinking Fosters. It's that, that thing that people think of as being an archetypal Australian phrase, but not many people actually say it. Okay. All right. And well, and there's another question. Do you drink Fosters and Castlemine 4X? Uh, no. Um, I... <laughs> I single-handedly tried to make Foster's popular about 15 years ago with, <laughs> with all the influence that I had. <laughs> um, but no, 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 nobody drinks Foster's. T- to be honest, I don't think I've even seen it in a store for years. Really? Um, so no, it's... it's yeah, we... Because we, um, the, the tagline overseas was Foster's is Australian for beer. Yeah. But um, he, here we say Foster's is Australian for crap. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's not Australian gold then. Australian gold in a pint glass. 
No, it's not. And because my understanding is Foster's overseas is what we get here as Crown Lager, which is actually a pretty decent beer. Ah, uh, okay. All right. All right. Well, I'm now yeah. I'm now thirsty for a Foster's. And then what was the last one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you ever say Bonza? No. Ah, oh, you know, again, maybe as a joke. You know, like I used to, I used to travel to, um, I used to go to Toronto all the time. And whenever I was in Toronto, I'd really dial up the Aussie stuff. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, oh, crikey, mate. Oh, Bonza. You know, so yeah, my, I might have I might have dropped it in Toronto for a laugh. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, you were saying before that um, Ramsey Street from the Soap Opera Neighbours is, is like a, re- it's not called Ramsey Street, but it's a real street. That that is awesome. It, it is. Like, wh- what would it be yeah, like yeah. owning a house on that street today? Do you think you're sick and tired of tourists coming along and taking selfies on Ramsey Street, or is it you know kitschy and cool? Oh, you'd have to get over it, I reckon. I I, I imagine production schedule wise, they just do a bunch of exterior shots of that of that court or cul-de-sac, whatever you want to call it, yeah. you know, at the start of the year and then try not to bother the, the residents ever again. Um, because there is a, um, there's a neighbour's tour bus that goes from the city and, and takes tourists out to, quote-unquote, Ramsey Street. Brilliant. Um, and, yeah, so, so yeah, it's, it's pretty disappointing, mate. It is really just an average suburban street with very <laughs> average late 70s brick veneer houses in it. There's not much to see. <laughs> Don't spoil a dream for me. And there are probably... There are probably loads and loads of Americans, at least, listening to this podcast now going, what the bloody hell are they talking about? But, you know, guys, you can get Neighbours. I think it's on UK Gold on Europe, on American cable TV. I've seen it somewhere. Maybe it's BBC America, but um, it's just been too long. But what amazes me is how many A-list uh, Hollywood actors started off on Neighbours and Home and Away. I mean, whether it's Guy Pearce, um, whether it's... Russell Crowe even had a, a a couple of episodes on Neighbours, I think it was. Um, Isla Fisher. Yep. Um, who else? I mean, Kylie, of course. Kylie the goddess. Um, not that she's an actress, Chris I Hemsworth. guess. Chris Thor. Hemsworth, of course. Yeah, Thor, exactly. Yeah. So many people. And, and every now and again, like Holly Valance, you know, she was big singer in the UK for a oh, while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I saw this awful yep. action movie the other day. And who was in it? Holly Valance. Like, what was her name on Neighbours? Yeah. Flick? Anyway, you haven't come here to talk to me about Flick. Neighbours. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know you've lost sort of 80% of your listeners now. <laughs> I know. Well, like, hang on, I thought we were talking cars. All right, well, let's, br- let's bring it back to Porsche. You've gotten up early in the morning to talk to me about Porsche, and here I am talking to you about Foster's horse piss beer oh, no, and I'll talk Foster's and Neighbours all day. <laughs> I knew we were going to be friends. I knew it. I knew it. Well, so so let's talk about um, let's talk about the last rasp. Where did you get the name? What's your mission on YouTube? I mean, I think everybody has an angle. I, my angle for uh, creating Auto Amateur and and the reason for calling it Auto Amateur was because I was grateful of finding a bunch of DIY videos online when uh, I first bought my nine nine six about five years ago, my first nine eleven, um, and so that was my mission at first was to make DIY videos. Um, uh, what's your angle? What what is the last rasp? You know, yeah. give, give us a, give us a bit of an intro into your channel. Yeah, for sure. And I'll I'll just say quickly, I I love the way you've gone about it with yours because there's this real um, authenticity around. Do you know what, guys? I'm 
I don't know this stuff. I'm just kind of working it out as I go along. And I want to take you on the journey with me. And I love that because it, it makes it feel accessible. It makes it feel like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll have a crack at that. Like I was watching your video last night with the, the CarPlay update for, you know, the PCM in the oh, 991 yeah. Yeah. thinking, this, I want to do this. I really want to do this. So I, I think that's awesome. Um, for me, it was, to be really honest, it started as something where the car has been a, when I got my 964 a couple of years ago, it was, it, it, it kind of became this muse for me. I, I bought a camera. I wanted to start shooting. I wanted to get my head around photography. So I started doing that. Um, I got a background in advertising and uh. I thought, you know what, this would be a really good way for me to actually up my production skills and, and, and try and push those. So it started just as, as this passion project and probably the thing I felt was that, you know, there's a lot of, I'm inspired by a lot of content creators around the space, but I just didn't feel like there was a lot coming out of Australia and particularly Melbourne. Um, the content that we see from Australia, you know, you've got great publications like Duck and Whale, right, which is just incredible. Um, but again, it does tend to be somewhat Sydney-centric. Uh, and there's this just incredible scene here in Melbourne where, you know, we're not necessarily about the cars and coffee and showing our cars. We're yeah. about getting up at 5.30 on a Sunday morning and tearing through the hills and, you know, being home by 11 a.m. So I, I, I started out by really wanting to feature that. But then I kind of had to take a bit of a right turn because just as I launched, um, we drop into COVID, right? And we go into right. lockdown here in Melbourne. So then suddenly I'm kind of scrounging for content. So what's happened is the, the angle on the channels evolved a little bit where I've really had to make it a little bit inward focused and focused on my car and the things I've done to my car. Yeah. Um, so there's this, there's, this, there's this crop of content on the channel right now, which is very much focused on the 964. But now in Melbourne, as we come out of lockdown, you're going to see more driving videos again, more of my friends' cars. My friends have some amazing cars, um, which I'm just busting to get out and drive and, and, and sort of do coverage on. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's really, to me, it's, a, it's about this scene in Melbourne and, and, and focusing on that, focusing on the cars, the roads, the people, um, and yeah, and my car as well as, as we go along for the journey. Great. You know, that's, that's so interesting. When I started my channel, um, you know, the, the idea of making videos and content, um, you know, I'm the guy who 20 years ago would, would pay his, uh, you know, his college mates to sort of do the presenting for him because he didn't want to do any presenting. I would do all the work, but presenting yeah, in front right. of class, forget it. Getting myself on camera, yeah. you know, in some respects, I was kind of pushed into it a little bit by a couple of people I, I met on YouTube. But I, I've sort of, I got to the point where I was getting really comfortable being on camera and shooting my own content, but it was getting a bit repetitive just focusing on my own car. And the more I got exposed to car culture in the Twin Cities, and I'd lived here in, in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area for two or three years, occasionally would see a nice car on the road, but I had no idea about the car culture here. And uh, after setting up our little Porsches and Pancakes group on Facebook through two or three mutual friends who I made over the first couple of years of car ownership, I now know dozens and dozens of fellow car enthusiasts in the cities who drive Porsches, Mercedes, you know, Lambos, a whole 
range of different cars, not just the Porsches. And every weekend there's some kind yeah. of event. It's it's you know it's cars and coffee in a car park somewhere. It's a drive. Um, it's a certain theme. It's uh, visiting you know like a, a garage kind of motorplex. It's absolutely incredible. And I, I've I've tried to showcase more and more of that as I've been going. I, I'm really excited to see what you come up with because I you know I think how many videos you got on your channel? About a dozen. Um, uh, I think it's I think it's yeah sixteen or seventeen now. Okay, okay, there you go. Yeah, like like you mentioned, a lot of them are nine six four based, um, if not all of them, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's going to be exciting to yeah. see the rest of the culture. Yeah, that's it. And because do you know what? You, you hit on this really important point. When I got the car, my nine six four, I honestly thought, okay, this is the most selfish pur- purchase I'll ever make, and it's going to be entirely about me. Um, but the opposite turned out to be true. It became this great enabler for my wife and I to spend time together, my son and I, my daughter and I. We all found ways to enjoy the car together. Oh, cool! Um, which was which was a, an amazing surprise. And then also, you know, I I had this 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 sort of uh, vision of, of of what fellow Porsche owners were going to be like, and I thought it was all just going to be pissing contests about who earns the most money and yeah. who's got the most horsepower and 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 what i found was actually this incredible group of mates and you know you think about what life's like in your 40s um you don't just you don't just suddenly gain a new crop of friends you've probably got most of the friends you're ever going to have in your life yeah. and so to suddenly have this this whole new group of friends that I, I literally didn't know two years ago um, has been incredible. And, and you know, with 2020, as you know, has been a dumpster fire of a year. Yeah. And, you know, we've, we've, we've all been able to support one another, not just talking about cars and, and all that sort of stuff, but, you know, reaching out. Hey, mate, are you okay? How are you doing? And, and so, yeah, they're, they're genuine friendships. So I've gotten so much more out of this car than I could have ever anticipated. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100%, whether it's the friends, whether it's a day trip with my wife and she doesn't want to drive it, yeah. but she likes to go out for the drive. My kids are both into cars now as much as I haven't pushed them into it. They just, yep. they love it and they want to drive in daddy's car. And then your, your kids are older than mine. Uh, Luke and Adam, for me, um, are three and a half and two. Uh, how old are your kids? Uh, so mine are nearly 16 and nearly 13. So sort of the other end of things. But yeah. my son, who's the youngest, he's he's 12. You know, he would do the thing where if I went out for what we call an SMT, a Sunday morning targa, if I came home and I hadn't taken him, I'd pull into the garage and he'd be standing at the garage door, you know, like the husband who gets home late and the yeah. wife standing there <laughs> yeah. tapping her foot, leaning against it. He'd be that, he'd be like that, looking right. at me like, I can't believe you went without me, you son of a bitch. That's so, really funny. Yeah, well, so the kids have loved it. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you're getting into the danger, the danger zone now where the kids are going to start asking for the keys. I mean, there is no chance in hell I need to worry about Luke or Adam wanting to drive my car at three and, you know, two or three years old. But right now, I mean, you can drive at what age in, in Australia? 16, 17? Yeah, 16, 16. Oh, mate. Uh, look, I think my kids are nervous enough. <laughs> Hopefully they're not going to. And and they've both seen me. My, my son is probably the one who would be most likely to, to come and want to grab the keys from the 964. But I think he's probably a little bit aware that it's not the easiest car to just jump in and drive, particularly if you've you've never driven a manual before. So, yeah. But maybe he'll grab the keys to the 991 when I'm not looking because, uh, yeah, auto is a bit easier. 
Well, I had a humbling experience a couple of weeks ago driving my friend's 1977 911S, which is manual. I, I, you know, I grew up in the UK driving manual cars. It wasn't until I came to the States about 10 years ago that I was driving automatic. So, I, And I, I owned a manual 997. I feel like my manual skills are tight. It was embarrassing how bad I was in that 77 911S. <laughs> I've had so many people comment on the video as well, being like, I would never lend you my car. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think it does depend. It depends on the car and the gearbox. Because, you know, I got a, a, a good mate of mine just bought a, a, a Long Hood Targa, and I had a drive of that two weeks ago, and it's got a dog leg first. And going from first to second, I just kept, I just kept grabbing fourth. I just couldn't find it. And I felt... It's exactly as you talked about, I, I felt like such a moron. And he's going, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's, it's, it's a bit tricky. And I thought, you're being too kind, mate. I, I ended up saying, listen, I want to see what this car can actually do, so can you please get in the driver's seat and show me what it's capable of? Oh, that's of. hilarious. That's so funny. Well, and so I saw your video the other day where you were running down your uh, your top 10 mods. And I actually, before I make my own video, I wanted to just see if you were cool with me making a similar video because I thought that was a great idea. <laughs> But um, oh, you've, you've, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, the top ten. I think there's there's plenty of them on YouTube, mate. I don't think I fit in that category. So please, oh, uh, good, yeah, good. go for it. Well, I just figured, you know, like I was going to do it within like forty eight hours of you dropping yours. I thought that might be a bit cheeky. Um, but uh, yeah, you've done quite a few uh, nice things for uh, to your nine six four. And maybe folks who haven't seen your video yet, talk through some of your favorites because um, it, it's a gorgeous car. It's a great setup you've got there. Yeah, thanks. It's 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 funny because I, I it, the car had been for sale for a little while, and I kept seeing pictures of it, and I honestly wasn't sure about green. I was thinking, ah, oh, do I want a green car? And the day I went and saw it, um, as soon as I laid eyes on it, I thought, I'm buying this car. Um, and the owner at the time, who's a mate of mine now, you know, I could, he was, I could just tell he was really fastidious with the car, and and had treated it really well and done a lot of the work that needed to be done just to get it to that really good stage and really good standard. So I had this amazing base to build off. Um, I think a lot of people with these old cars, if they're you know matching numbers and all the rest of it, they don't they don't want to touch them. They just want to leave them and keep them stock. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I love. I, I I love the stock cars. I I love the stock nine six fours, even with their four wheel drive style ride height. I love it all. Um, but I did gradually start making changes. All of them being reversible, but you know, in reality, I'm probably too far down the rabbit hole now to to ever want to reverse them. So <laughs> look, there were. There were things like, uh, I mean, you know, I think it was number three in my list is my is my steering wheel. Oh yeah, it sounds like a really obvious one. Any anyone can pick up a Momo steering wheel anywhere, um, but I, I found out that Momo had this incredible program where you can go on their website and design your own wheel, which I just think is amazing. So um, yeah, so I got a Mod Seven, which is again pretty common popular wheel. But to be able to choose the leather on it, choose the stitching, choose the color of the Momo logo, all of this stuff, yeah, yeah. it was it's just so cool. And then when it when it came, it came in this it's a little bit like when you buy an Apple product, and the you know the packaging is amazing. It was the same with this. It was in this this special box, and it had a it had a certificate of authenticity signed by the CEO of Momo, and you could see it was real pen. It wasn't just some stamp of his signature. And I thought. It was just a great experience buying that steering wheel. So that was a that's 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 one of my favourites. Um, 
and then obviously my my wheels are the number one yeah I, uh, when I, <laughs> I i bought the car with you know very it, it didn't need anything spent on it but about a month after i got it i was having lunch and um i just stumbled across this picture of a of, of a green 964 on gold lms and i thought Gold wheels. I hate the idea of gold <laughs> wheels, but geez, they look so good. Because <laughs> I thought gold, you know, just the most gaudy color on anything. But no, that was it. I just became obsessed then. And, and you know, I, following following Drew, um, Drew's content a lot and his photography a lot. And, you know, he would feature a lot of a lot of these great 964s from LA. And, and so many of them were rolling on um bbse 88s and i just became yeah. obsessed so it was just a it was just a process because it was it was a very expensive upgrade so you you're referring to drew from 911 cool to now the cool collective yeah that's it that's so it. drew drew style i love his content it is so sharp and i think funnily enough he had a background in marketing you had a background in advertising that was one of the things that drew me to your content because you know there are porsche videos all over youtube but um I'm not sure whether it's the camera you use or the way you pick your shots, the way you set up your shots, but you've got a you've got a pretty unique visual style, and and your content looks really good. And that's before you even get to the story and you know what you're trying to convey and communicate through your videos. Um, so that kind of got me hooked, and that's what got me hooked with Drew's content originally. I've got two of his prints in my garage. I absolutely love them. They like just make my garage. He must be some kind of Photoshop whiz because. I've been to LA. I work in LA. It is not as pretty as the way it looks in his stuff. <laughs> but uh, he he's got that eye for it as well. You know, I just the, the stuff that he puts out there is extremely visually appealing. I, I really like it, and I, I think yeah. you know you're in the same kind of I don't call it college school category bucket. You know, whatever it is, I think you've got that you got that look as well. So your background somehow you bring that style to the table. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I think Drew's Drew's photography is is phenomenal, and I don't as a photo. I don't. Think, I, I would never get to that standard that he's at. And I think he's he's made his living as a photographer. And yeah. He's got amazing skills, and and you know, great. He's got a, a great eye for composition, and then his editing skills are, are you know fantastic as well. So I'm the same. I've got a bunch of his prints. I I, I love what Drew does, and and I think um I think content wise. He was one of the first people to inspire me just around um, sort of showing the lifestyle of owning these cars. Yeah. And, and, and the, LA, the LA scene and lifestyle around these cars, I, I think, is probably quite different from, from, from what my experience is here. Um, but, but by the same token, it just had this cool factor about it that, that I was really interested in. And then, uh, man, James, there's so many so many people making content that just looks epic to me yeah and I, I you know my, my thing is if i can learn something new with each video if i can learn even just a little trick in post-production or a little way of shooting something that i hadn't thought of before that's 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 sort of what i, I it's what i want to try and do is is, yeah. is push that visual element and make it as good as i can i, I don't know about you but I still feel like a complete dick when I talk to the camera. Not, not so much because I'm not not comfortable on the camera, but I mean, you've got this you've got this huge garage, right? That looks like it's set way off the street and is all very good. When I was doing my um, whale tail delete video and my uh, cut my paint correction video, yeah, my my garage is like 
eight feet from the street. And because we're <laughs> in lockdown, all people can do right now is go for a walk. Yeah. So every time I'm trying to talk to the camera, somebody's walking past. And, you know, I just think they're walking past looking at me going, look at this moron. Who does he think he is talking to the camera? It's so embarrassing. So I don't know how guys get comfortable doing it because I'm not yet. Yeah, I still I still get that occasionally, especially when it's some, like some of the people in my neighborhood, like this summer, it was so hot and I had to have the garage doors open. Now the winter's here. I just keep them closed and, you know, it's it's like a closed set. It's fine. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah you do yeah, get yeah, a couple perfect. of people like looking at you thinking, oh, God, you know, what's he doing in there again with his, you know, with, <laughs> with his camera and his, his big studio lights? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and but, that's it. And I think so. I think for me, it's you know some of these positions I find myself talking to the camera in have been driven as much by necessity of needing to be away from people as <laughs> trying to find a great visual back, backdrop for my for my uh, that's to camera pieces. Well, you know, I don't know, I don't know if this is true in Australia or not, but I feel that sort of British culture and Australian culture, you know, the sort of people's maybe I don't want to generalize and say attitudes, but certainly the sort of reactions to new things and reactions to maybe people who are interested in doing hobbies or crafts or arts like in the u.s i would never expect anybody in the background to shout anything at me (laughs) but you know so i I feel relatively (laughs) relatively comfortable doing all my videos here in the u.s people are generally very polite if I was making YouTube videos like this back in Liverpool or, or where I used to live in London, guaranteed there'd be somebody running in the background going, Oi, not bad, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, shout something 100%. in the background. A hundred percent. Yeah, because, you know, it's so true because I, I went to, um, to Luft last year and the amount of people, you know, which amazing event, right? Mind-blowingly good. But the amount of people walking around holding cameras, talking to them, it was every, everywhere you looked. It's just, yeah. it, it seems like it's just been embraced as part of the culture. Where here, if, if you're holding a camera and talking to it, then you must love yourself. You must just, <laughs> you know, really need to get over yourself. So, and that's, the, and that's the, the impression of people. So, yeah, I've had people, you know, roll up and I'm standing there in front of the camera and they're like, hey, mate, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, just, you just get... <laughs> You just get knuckleheads yelling at you thinking, oh, I don't know what they're thinking. But anyway, so yeah, you're, you're right. I, th- I think here we're um, s- similar to the UK. There's this, you've got to be a bit humble. You've got to be, be a bit understated. And, and yeah. sure, if you get cast by a TV station and they're filming you, well, that, that's fine. You've earned your stripes. But if you think you're good enough to just go and hold a camera yourself, then maybe you're not actually good enough. <laughs> Oh man, makes me giggle. Absolutely makes me giggle. So I've noticed you've been using uh, your drone a little bit in some of the videos. What, what's uh, what's the culture out there like for, for drone photography? Because while people over here are used to seeing you know people taking selfies and recording themselves on video, I do still get quite a few kind of passes by stopping, almost almost questioning whether I'm allowed to fly my drone in certain areas, even though yeah, I always course, check before I go out. It's still a bit, I wouldn't say taboo, but people are, are still quite weary of drones. What is it like for you down down under? Uh, yeah, look, a little bit the same. I mean, I use them, I've only, I can't fly a drone myself. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat embarrassed to admit. Uh, and at some point it's... <laughs> To be honest, like every time I see one of your videos or every time I see one of um, Cars with Luke's videos, and he's got those damn Swiss Vistas, right? So everything looks a million bucks. But yeah, um, I just think, damn, I've, 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 I've got to get, I've got to get 
out with the drone. Um, so I've got I've got friends who have them who I've used on you know some of the some of the um, driving videos we've yeah. done. Yeah, you know, I got a good mate, Kale, good mate Kale, who's 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 pretty handy with his, um, and so I just sort of lean on him for footage when I need it. And so typically, we're, if we're shooting with a drone, where we're not really near anybody, we're out in the bush somewhere. So um, it's. We have. There's never been any issue with it from from my perspective, mind you. I know that you know if I was to use one in the more suburban areas, uh, there's a there's a body over here called Casa who would be all over you, and they actually go so far as to trawl through YouTube and Vimeo looking for you know uh, drone shot Melbourne. Oh really? Um, and 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 making sh- yeah, and actually looking through drone footage to make sure it's been done legally, and then you know if it if it hasn't. So tracking down the the creator and, and and smacking him with a big fine. Oh wow! Yeah, so they're they're like police. So you gotta be you gotta be huh. careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think um over here you just you know you probably worry about your average farmer shooting your drone out of the sky. <laughs> One of the five hundred million firearms we've got in the country. Uh, that's that's what I worry about. <laughs> I'm sure it happens. I'm sure it happens. So, um, so this has been really fun. So, tell me, have you got any more plans for mods for your nine six four? Have you got anything, or are you done now? Are you settled in? That's it. Now, uh, no more tweaking. <laughs> oh no, I'm never done. Uh, look, I need to do. Um, it's almost. It's almost there, right? And and. I mean, it's funny because I know people go on this journey with their cars where they do all the mods, they get it perfect, and then they sell it. That's yeah. I, that's so not my mindset with the car. I, that car, I, I can't ever imagine myself selling it. Partly because I mean, I just adore it. Yeah. Um, but also, I just can't imagine going down the path again and starting again. Um, so now, look, the, the the only thing really left to do now. For from my perspective is the interior yeah um i was going to do that this year so that's recovering all the seats new carpet the whole the whole box and die so i was going to do it this year but then i foolishly decided to go and buy a 991 instead so uh, yeah i had to put those plans on ice for a little while <laughs> i was really confused when i saw that because I've, I've only known you as the uh the 964 driver and then there were photos of, of a 991 i was like what's going on here so that your nine nine one is the daily, yeah. Which and and you know I bought again. I bought it right in the middle of lockdown, and so the way lockdown worked here in Melbourne, not to bring the conversation down to COVID, but um, was that we could only travel within a five k radius, a five kilometer radius from our house, which is oh. I don't know three miles maybe. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I got this great new car, and I couldn't really drive it. I'm, I'm lucky in that I have one small, short, twisty sort of near home that I could hit hit on a daily basis. Um, but it's only been in the last two weeks where we've been able to drive uh, 25 kilometres okay. uh, from our home, where I've been able to experience some decent roads on it. And I, I took it out on the weekend. I was I was filming a kind of first impressions video, and w- what a phenomenal car! <laughs> what a phenomenal car. I, you, do you know, I, I think um, we always get really hooked up with, you know, you see um, Henry Catchpole and, and, and Chris Harris and these guys drifting GT3s. And, yeah. And we all, our imagination is all captured by the GT cars and the turbos and the like. And it, it sort of means that the, you know, the base Carreras and the Carrera S's kind of get relegated to they're the cars that doctors and lawyers drive yeah yeah but 
they're still immensely capable cars. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I can't believe the, the way this thing, the way it corners, the grip, the way you can spot the exit of a corner, bury the foot, and just get absolutely slingshotted out of it with just the yeah you can you can travel very very quickly very very easily yeah i'm i uh, i love my 991 as much as i love the 996 the 997 i've never had an air cool car um you know I, I think you're right people sort of like look down at the, the what they refer to as the base carrera and uh it, yeah. in many respects it's the most fun car in the range because you've got to work it you've got to really work to get the most out yeah. of it um we drove a a Taycan the other day and uh, drove a GT3 and a GT3 RS as as fun as they are you know within a split second you go in with your hair on fire and you got to slow down with the uh, with yeah, with my yeah. Carrera you've really got to work it at the corners the acceleration and, and, and get the revs up to really get the most out of it it's uh you know it's more work but it's more rewarding I think in many ways not that I wouldn't say no to a GT3, of course, but <laughs> of, of, of course, of course. No, but you're right. You got to main. You got to maintain momentum, right? It's all about keeping your corner momentum so that you're always up in the revs, so that you can, yeah, just get that acceleration onto the next corner and the like. Which is which is kind of how you drive the air cooled cars, obviously. Right, right. Well, Andy, this has yeah. been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I'm glad we finally made this connection, even though we've been IMing and commenting on each other's videos for a while now. Um, I, I think what you're doing is fantastic. Please keep going. And uh, I, I'm just, you know, I've, I've got the subscribe button. I've clicked on the little bell so I get notified. Um, I'm really enjoying what you're doing, <laughs> and I wish you all the very best. Oh, James, thanks so much. And, and yeah, thanks for, thanks for your great content and thanks for having me on the show and giving me a plug, mate. I, I, I genuinely appreciate it. You, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at my numbers. I've got some, a couple of hundred subscribers at the moment and I look at yours and I think that is a mountain I'm yet to climb. So, yeah, kudos to you, mate, and, and, and thanks so much for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. Cheers, Andy. That's Andy from The Last Rasp. Thanks so much, mate. Well, what a top bloke. That was Andy from The Last Rasp from Melbourne, Australia. That was a lot of fun. I feel like I was talking to a mate I've known for a long old time. you got to check out his YouTube channel. He puts out some really top class content there and there's more to come. Uh, upcoming podcasts. Uh, what, where do I start? Um, I've got another couple of uh, podcasts coming up with uh, the folks from Soul Performance. Uh, we're going to talk more about what makes a Soul Performance exhaust. Uh, and how Soul Performance go about making such tremendous products for the market. I've had a few requests for updates on Project 996. That's going to be coming soon as well. In fact, Patrick and I are going to pick up the car on Friday this week, just a couple of days away. The paint is finished. They're just in the process of finishing off the clear coat. We're going to get a trailer tomorrow to get it because it still needs to be reassembled back in the garage, but that's going to make for good video content. What else, what else, what else? Oh, another fellow YouTuber, Mohammed, who runs Boosted MPLS here in the Twin Cities, spotlighting the Twin Cities uh, car culture. I'm really excited to talk with him. He's a super nice guy, a new dad just like me, so we got a little bit in common. He drives a, uh, a GTR where I drive the Porsche, but it's all right. We can be friends. It's good. All right, guys, this was another podcast. Thanks so much. Keep those comments coming on YouTube. Check in for another podcast soon. Take care. Bye.